0: Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show
1: with your host, Work Life Balance Specialist Deb Crow. Join Deb weekly, where she interviews the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1:30 Eastern Standard Time. And good afternoon, everybody. Happy Hump Day. It's Wednesday afternoon, and we are live with the Change Book radio show. It's raining here in Canada, but it certainly hasn't dampened my spirits. I have two dynamic women on the call today live, and we're going to start with a wonderful co author out of Book Three. Her name is Eden Adele, and she's from Chicago, Illinois, which isn't too far from where I am in Canada. Eden is known as the premier passionator. She is the founder of the Get Back to Passion Institute, and this is a lady on a mission. So you, want to might, you might be saying to yourself, what is it? Her institute wants to cut the learning curve for people over 40 seeking sexual wholeness. Yes, you heard it right, sexual wholeness, intimate integrity, and passionate personification in their life. Popular propaganda would have you believe that after 40, you start to dry up, up, shrivel, and wither with health concerns, retirement nearing, empty nesting, continuing singleness, dating drama, divorce trauma, showing up in your life in some hellish mix. Who has time to be a woman or a man? In her chapter in book three, it's entitled, Are You Doing What You Know or Do You Know What You're Doing?, So, Eden, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for having me on today. This is wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: Well, it's my pleasure, and I want to let the listeners know that you are yet another co-author who I also have the privilege of saying that we've become friends. And I know when we we get an opportunity to meet face to face, I think there's going to be a big hug and a few tears because we've got to know each other absolutely. so well.
0: Absolutely! Oh my goodness! Absolutely! I can't wait. You have been amazing. This whole project is beyond anything I ever even conceived of personally, especially as far as participating in it. It's been phenomenal, and it's only getting better. I fully agree.
1: Now. I love the term that you've coined, premier passionator, and it leads in beautifully to my first question. So for the next half an hour, I'm so excited to chat to you. Tell our listeners briefly, what area is your passion and business in?
0: It is absolutely for intimacy, instigation, as I like to call it, for People over 40. That demographic, for some reason, has the idea that intimacy isn't a big deal anymore or it's strictly the domain for people under 40. Uh, Definitely popular media does everything that it can to propagate that idea. But more and more, thankfully, there are peers of mine i'm fifty three who and who are who are definitely on a mission to let people know that that's not the truth and not only is it not true but the best of our intimacy is actually ahead of us and not behind us that that is so
1: interesting to me and do you think that this has become a generational core belief because we're talking about the post-baby boomers, Gen X, are we not?
0: Absolutely. That's us. That is exactly who I'm talking to. And since we are, at least in America, we're one of the largest demographics in the entire country. So it really is a big deal, even though if you if major media is all you look at, you probably wouldn't be aware of that. But the numbers themselves say the exact opposite. There are just more of us, and there are going to continue to be more of us as the population continues to age. Well, and it's
1: interesting that you say that because I know on a couple of the other interviews that I've done, especially in Canada, right now our population is that aging population, and people are living longer, they're more leading more healthier lives, And you know how much I love to talk about work-life balance. And and I think that intimacy is a huge element of not only relationship but also self-care. Could you elaborate a little bit on that?
0: Absolutely. It is, I think, often overlooked and underestimated in its importance because people tend to think of it as something that only happens in the dark in the bed when, when you're under the sheets and intimacy is actually a lot more than that intimacy at its base is about communication and connection and those are things that have applications and and things that show up in every area of your life not just how you show up sexually but primarily how you show up sexually and sometimes most significantly because in that situation, there are no more masks, there's no more pretense, at least there shouldn't be, and vulnerability is at its highest. And so it's a larger risk as far as relationships go because of the nature of what sexual intimacy is. It has a tendency, if you have a weakness or an insecurity, to it'll bring it right to the surface. You know, being in a sexual situation will bring any of those things right to the surface. And that was why I focused there, but it is definitely not exclusive to sexual expression. It shows up in every area of our lives. Well, and you said
1: some powerful words there. Uh, I loved what you said about how intimacy is framed. Communication, connection, application. Do you think, because people hear the word sex or sexuality, and, and most people it can have a negative connotation or it's one of those words that you know, we're to know about but not say. Again, why do you think we have this repetitive generational core belief and, and where is this coming from?
0: Actually, it's coming from several different places, I think. Part of it is just cultural, uh, especially here in America. Culturally, women aren't encouraged to embrace being sexual people. That's always worked against us here, uh, for us to fully and freely fabulously embrace who we are as sexual people has always been discouraged. It has worked against us. It damages our reputations. It it tends to work negatively toward how people see us. We are encouraged to limit our expressions in many ways, even with the men that we're married to. Some of the people that I talk to most often are married over 20 years i was talking to for example a woman a couple of days ago who has been married 28 years they've got three grown children and a grandchild on the way they're finally empty nesters and she is quite literally still undressing in the closet and they're only having sex in the dark under the sheets and he's her husband if we throw dating into this mix, we've got a whole nother ball of wax. And it isn't just her. She's just the one that I spoke to a couple of days ago. And it represents a mentality that is pervasive in this country. There's this dichotomy about sex here. It's okay for men. It's not okay for women. Men are supposed to enjoy it. Women are supposed to endure it. You know, we we have these fallacies that have become cultural. And because they're cultural, they also have a tendency to show up in our families and with our friends and the people that we actually have influence with and who influence us. So the people that we see around us most often, that we can actually uh, pick up the phone and talk to, or that we're social media exchanging with, those people very often mirror those very same ideas about what it means to be a woman over 40 and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, particularly sexually. Even for married women, that some of my biggest complications with people that I speak to are trying to convince married women that it's okay to enjoy having sex with her husband. It still blows me away, but I continue to have that conversation on a regular basis. They cannot get past the block that they actually desire sex with their husbands. They desire it, but they're afraid. To, they're afraid to show it. He wants nothing more, nothing, nothing. I've talked to him on several occasions. He is crazy about her. He's not even thinking about another woman. But it's her. It's her body image for one thing, which is huge over here body image for women in general, never mind women over 40, that huge comes into play quickly. There's also what she grew up with. You know, she was raised in a church that taught her that pretty much sex was something that you ignore until you get married and then you're supposed to blow the blow the doors off. She had no clue how to do that. She has no frame of reference for what that looks like and everything that she's been taught about what it looks like to let go sexually is associated with porn. So all of her ideas about what that means are tarnished by that idea that if she enjoys it then she's a porn star or she's acting like a whore. And that's another that's another dynamic that's very big over here. Very big over here. The whole Madonna well, whore I... thing about sex yeah,
1: I'd like to chime in and just say I love how you've talked about body image because
0: I know oh. in raising,
1: you have a young daughter, I have two young daughters, and one of the things that I do love is the Dove branding. I love the plus-size models. I love the different yes. colors of skin and cultural diversity, yes. different ethnicities. Yes. I love that they're all different yes. shapes and sizes.
0: Aren't and I they awesome? I,
1: and I think that's an amazing marketing uh, branding that the that the Dove company has done. And Isn't I agree it with awesome? everything everything you've said. I fully agree, and and I love the most powerful thing that you said was enjoy versus endure. That's a very <laughs> powerful statement. Now <laughs> I wanted you to know that I I read your chapter. I motion in that chapter. And you gave me a huge insight to what you've been through. And I think sometimes we find the best of our qualities and what maybe we didn't think we had inside of us come to the surface. And I just, I was really taken back by what you've gone through and where you are now. And what I'd like to ask you is, with your business, You've joined this beautiful, powerful global community of the change. What excites you about Jim Britt and Jim Lute, and are you looking to take your Passion Institute internationally? Absolutely,
0: yes. (laughs) International is, is the goal primarily because the problems are global the suppression of sexuality, particularly in women, is a global issue. Not just in the bedroom, but how they show up in the world, how in their education, in their occupation, in their avocation. It shows up everywhere. And for women there's you'd be hard pressed to find anywhere on the globe where it's actually culturally okay for women to be women. There's usually some sort of negativity associated with femininity, and it's just a global issue. So absolutely, I would love to take this globally, and gym, the gyms, or gym squared as I like to call them, <laughs> they are not only are they just giants in the whole industry of personal development, But the fact that they put this opportunity together for us, I thought, was absolutely incredible because certainly it wasn't like they needed to do it. You know, seriously, they've been at this for 30 years. They didn't need something else on their to-do list. But they provided this platform for us to be able to reach an audience that few, if any of us, would have been able to reach on our own, even just among the co-authors. I probably never would have met you if it hadn't been for the change, Deb. I'm just saying. I know. There it's, are so many phenomenal people who are associated with this project by itself. Never mind the people who are actually reading the book and the new authors that are coming in. And, you know, I'm in book three. We're up to book eight. We, we are up to bigger. book ten
1: now. We're up to book ten. Oh, we're on
0: ten. That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, so that we're, is we're awesome.
1: We're two hundred plus authors now, twenty-two plus countries. I think we might have hit the twenty third country since my last interview. I that is I was so really amazing. like I said to you, I I really loved your chapter and there's one paragraph that I'd like to read out of your chapter for the listeners if I may. I think oh, this please. is a very I think it's a powerful paragraph. And I think it gives us a small glimpse into the inside of your mindset after going through divorce and and what you went through. I don't want to take away from your story for people to read it. So here's your paragraph. Now I know what I'm doing. Now I decide who and how I am. Now I choose how I share the divine, radiant brilliance that is uniquely me. I've stopped adjusting my shine to accommodate others. I'm comfortable in my imperfectly perfect skin, embracing of every joy and sorrow of my past and determined to live the rest of my life as the best of my life. I experience the beauty of authentic intimacy and passion whether or not I'm in a relationship. Eden, that is so powerful. Can you can you just take us to where in your heart and your mind those words kind of came to fruition for you after everything you've been through?
0: It really, first of all, thank you for sharing it. And secondly, it really came to me in the midst of probably one of my worst crises. Probably one of my worst. It was one of those moments when I felt as if not just my world was spinning out of control, but that I didn't have anywhere, any way to recover. I felt abandoned. I was abandoned. And I was trying to figure it out, not just for me, but for my daughter, which adds a whole nother layer of how to cope because she's watching me. She's watching me to see what crisis looks like and how to deal with it. So I didn't have the luxury of being able to indulge in just falling apart because she was in college, and I was the only link between her and being able to stay in school. And at the same time, I'm still a woman apart from being her mother. And I had just been through the worst things that women go through and that reminded me at the base at the base of it all I kept asking myself that question am I doing what I know or do I know what I'm doing and I realized that I ended up in that space in the first place because I was doing what I knew I was doing what I saw people around me doing my entire life never asked why Never asked why, just did it because it was what I saw. And I didn't know what else to do differently. I was living the definition that other people had of me, which was, wasn't a malicious thing at all. It was just, it's just what happens. When you're born into a family, your parents define you. They let you know in myriad ways, what it is they expect of you. And you spend your entire childhood trying to meet those expectations. And when you grow up and you leave their house, that dynamic often continues. You spend a lot of your adult life living their expectations, not realizing that they were the ones who decided who and how you were going to be, and you didn't. That was the realization that came to me, was that I was living what other people expected of me and that's why I was so miserable because I knew the truth of who I actually am had not come to the surface yet because I was so busy suppressing it in order to be what other people expected. It was liberating. I
1: I am sure a lot of people listening could certainly relate to that And and as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm thinking to myself, we see very similar clients. I've had men and women who have been on the opposite end of an affair which landed in divorce, and, and their life becomes so out of balance. And I'm always reiterating to them, divorce isn't who they are. The affair isn't who they are. It's what happened to them. And they are now in a in a period of what you just said about discovering liberation and not having to settle or, like you so eloquently said, living in other people's expectations. So do you feel in your journey, I know you're 53, but for those of you who haven't seen your picture, you don't look 53.
0: And I know you don't
1: act 53. But in your journey... This was part of your journey, and you were you were to be with that person for that amount of time and have your beautiful daughter, and do you frame that in your mind now as that part of your journey?
0: Absolutely. I wouldn't give it back. I wouldn't trade anything about it for anything in the world. I wouldn't give back a year of my life. I wouldn't give back a trauma, a drama, a pain, or a sorrow. I wouldn't give back any of it. As much as I hated so much of it, I wouldn't give back any of it. Because the one thing I know for certain, for certain, it was exactly what I needed to be liberated to the point where I would actually be bold enough, courageous enough, strong enough to say for myself, by myself, this is who I am and how I am, and I don't want it any other way. And my first concern isn't whether or not you're comfortable with it. I'm not here to meet your expectations. That was liberation for me, liberation for me. When I finally freed myself from the expectations of other people, it turned me into another person. And I was finally the person I believe I was destined to be all along. The person who was fighting to get out when I was trying to meet other people's expectations. The person that I was always pushing to the back, promising myself I would get to it later. After I got past this crisis, after I got past that urgency, after I got past this trauma or drama, then I would get to it. And I woke up 45 years old and still hadn't gotten to it. And I knew I wasn't the only one. I knew I wasn't the only one because if for no other reason. I knew it because I learned how to do that by watching the people around me. So I knew I wasn't the only one. I may have been the only one actually questioning why it was happening though because once you get into that autopilot, it's very easy to assume that it was your idea because you never questioned the original idea in the first place. It's very easy to assume that it's your idea. And until you get to the point where you're willing to question everything that you believe is right about who you are, then you'll never get to the point where you figure out that most of what you believe about you was programmed into you, and it wasn't a choice that you made. Some of that program is accurate. I'm not even suggesting that it isn't. But what I'm saying is it's based on what other people saw in you, and nobody ever asked you, who are you? Who do you want to be? What makes your heart race when you think about it? When you put your feet on the floor and open your eyes, what is it that starts your brain firing off? What is that thing? What is it that you look forward to when you walk out of the front door in the morning? What is it? Why does a sunrise take your breath away? What is that? Who is that? Nobody ever asks you that. And if you don't ask yourself, you'll never know. Because it's not other people's job to ask that. And once you embrace the honest answer that you give yourself to those kinds of questions, it is so much easier to free yourself sexually and in every other area of your life. It is where you experience joy and not just happiness. Happiness is fabulous. Don't get me wrong, I love it. I, I embrace it at every available opportunity. But happiness is situational. Joy is everlasting. It's a choice, it's not an emotion. Absolutely an emotion.
1: Absolutely. And to be able to exercise control regardless of whatever happens in the course of your day and not to let people take away your joy, that comes from a place of comfort and power.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now
1: Would you let the listeners know what is the best way to get a hold of you? And do you have any programs or events specifically that you're creating or have going on right now?
0: Actually, I am in the process of creating my flagship e-force that will soon be a live retreat. I am so excited about that because everything works better face-to-face. That's just My view, I've seen it too many times. I love technology. I use technology all the time, and there's a place for technology. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to reach people where they live, in their heart and in their minds, when you're trying to touch people's souls, there's just nothing like being face-to-face. So, yes, I am putting it together, and I hope to have it launched early next year. And I'll be bothering the gyms very soon about exactly the nuts and bolts to work that out. But the best place to get in touch with me right now is my website, EdenAdele.com, dot com, spelled E D E N A D E L E dot com. Or you can always find me on Facebook at Get Back to Passion. One word, all one word. I. Keep a conversation going on there. (laughs) And, And I also talk to my readers there about what they might be going through individually. And I post regular relationship insights on my Facebook wall, my fan page, my personal wall. So by all means, come and find me there as well. I'm there every day in some capacity. So I may actually respond personally very soon. Thank you for having me on this show today, Deb. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. you. I've
1: enjoyed chatting to you. I just want to ask you, we've still got a couple of minutes. I think the underlying emotions, or I'm going to say character traits, might be a better description in all that you do. It comes back to the foundation of self-esteem and confidence.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't mean it in the vain sense that most people tend to talk about it in. It's not about being fit to be a cover girl on a magazine. I mean, all of them are airbrushed. They don't even look like that. <laughs> you know, it. that's not what it's about. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the homes or the cars, it's not about the clothes, it's not it's not about the makeup, it's not about the parties, it's not about any of that exterior stuff. It's about you being able to wake up, open your eyes and look at the ceiling, inhale and exhale and be glad you did. It's about knowing that your particular divine radiant brilliance was here for a reason and that the fact that you woke up today means that there's still somebody else who needs it. There's somebody else who's going to be blessed by it. There's something about you that somebody else needs in order to fully live their life. And that's why you still breathe. You're not just here to wear clothes and Eat groceries and go to parties and pay bills. That's not all there is to it. And you're not just here to be somebody else's mother. It took me a while to it took me a while to embrace that one, but it's just true. There is something about you apart from everyone else that there is a plan for, and that the sooner you embrace it, the more you will enjoy your life up and down. second and relationships, and everything else that goes along with them.
1: Well, I think I think that was beautiful, beautifully stated, and I have to say I'm very excited to hear that you are launching a program. I think it's a much-needed program. But I think the bigger message is the face-to-face communication is going to break down the barrier of, the women still feeling insecure and unchanging in the closet or being able to have a conversation and, and using the word sex. It's, it's not a naughty word. It doesn't have to have a negative connotation, but it's another one of those generational beliefs that we have to slowly, I think, work away, and we're only going to do that by, like you said, teaching our children and being that role model to our children because we're like record buttons that are on twenty four seven.
0: Yes. Yes. And yes, I I we just are. think
1: it was so powerful when you said, you know, your daughter was going to college and you weren't just her mother. You were a woman and you needed to show her that that situation, unfortunately, with your husband and her dad it didn't define you and you had to probably dig for strength that you may not have had, but you needed to do that to show her that you had those coping strategies. Yes. Yes. That must have been really hard for you.
0: It was the worst, Deb. It was the worst. I really, I really questioned more than once whether I could do it. It it was the worst. And doing it alone, it, it was it was the worst. But the and one how, thing I knew,
1: how how authentic are you though now
0: to be in
1: a face to face relationship, coaching women and men and and really being able to be genuine and say, I know how you're feeling and there is a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Oh my gosh, it is It is the most gratifying thing I've ever done with my life besides besides my daughter. It really, really is. To, To get a private message that says, I got out of a toxic relationship because of what you wrote, it just doesn't get much better than that. A woman in Lisbon, not only have I never been there, i didn't I didn't even know it existed until I got that message from her. Like, who does that? I mean that was one of the one of the best things about social media was that I could reach these people that I wouldn't know otherwise, and people were actually paying attention to me when I didn't think they were, and that I was having this impact made all the difference in the world, so it kept me writing when I didn't feel like writing. And it still does. And there are still plenty of times when I don't want to write. I'm still a woman and I have moves and things happen to me and things affect me just like any other woman. But that purpose drives me. It drove me to the change community and is continuing to drive me today to expand on the change and everything else I've done for prior to that. And everything that I hope to do it, it's that idea that somebody's looking who may not reach out to me for years, but who sees something that they need to see and need to free themselves. That It just doesn't get any gooder for me.
1: Well, and on that note, I want to say that I, I wish you continued success. I think the coaching that you're doing not just your strategies and, and the way you're approaching it, but I just think again you're you're genuine because you you literally can say, been that been there, done that, not to sound so cliche, but look at this strong woman standing before you and and life can go on and it does go on. And like you said in your book, the best part of your life is still to come for you.
0: Yes. It absolutely is. It so I wish is.
1: you I wish you continued success and I hope you continue listening for for our second author that I'm just uh waiting to to call in and again people can get a hold of you at com. and I look forward to the inaugural flagship program coming out of Get Back to Passion Institute and I will make the drive to Chicago and meet you my friend face to face and I thank you for your time today.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Deb. I cannot wait to hug your neck. That's going to be an awesome moment. You it's are going to be fantastic. A, it's going to be a
1: great. It's going to be a great reunion, and I look forward to it. So you keep you keep doing what you're doing and helping the men and women out there, and we will chat soon.
0: Thank you, Deb. Have a fabulous Wednesday.
1: You too. Take care.
0: Bye bye.
1: We are having some weather difficulties today, and I don't know if that's infringing on our second caller calling in or not. Um, but she hasn't queued up to call in yet, so I thought I'd take an opportunity
0: and just let,
1: every know, let everyone know about the Change Book series. Uh, as I said with many of the authors, we have had wonderful um, insight and education, and expertise, that it's just been phenomenal. We've got people who are in 22-plus countries. We are now up to book 10. And it's just been an amazing experience for me personally and professionally. And I know for the many authors that I've met, much like Eden Adele was just saying, we wouldn't have met otherwise if it wasn't for... Jim Britt, and Jim Lutz, and just the amount of people that they have brought together. So we are having some technical difficulties this afternoon, and I am thinking it's from the rain. I'm hoping we can get a hold of uh, our our other author here shortly. So in the meantime, I'm just going to mute the line for a moment and see if we can uh, sort this out. So just bear with me for a moment. Well, I apologize for the technical delay, folks, but we are having some bad rain here today and I don't know if that's the uh, outcome of some of the, the weather that some of the other countries are seeing. I would like to carry on uh, with the interview, and I will have Asha back on so she can personally uh, do her interview. Uh, Asha Mantowska is from book number four of The Change, and her chapter is called Manifest Your Greatness Today. And Asha, I had the privilege of meeting in San Diego, California, when I was there in April. And she is just a dynamic young lady. She's a business coach, a consultant, and an international speaker. And she started her company when she was only 21 years old, and she was actually in her second year of law school, she has successfully built three companies from the ground up in Europe, and she has also helped several clients from many countries. So I look forward to speaking to her, and I apologize for the technical difficulties. I'm going to try and end the show and uh, reinitiate the show to see if we can get this last half an hour going. So thank you for bearing with us. And I'm going to uh, disconnect and we're going to try reinitializing the show. Thanks for your patience.